0: Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 9 of Sword and Spirit, a podcast by First Baptist Church of Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. Today we're going to be continuing our podcast series with part 2. This one is titled, The Implications of the Holy Spirit. What's up
1: everyone? We hope you're having a great week. We've had a busy day here on the church campus. We had our Bay Boomers event today, which means we had people frying fish, people throwing slaw, people... Um, eating all kind of good food. We had a lot of people on our campus to really—we uh, had a gospel service where we got to hear from the Word of God from Dr. Uh, Bryant Barnes, formerly known as pastor of FBC Columbia. And then we had our good friend Seth uh, Doge showed up and led worship for us. And it's just an incredible day. I believe our seniors were encouraged in the Lord— And so we're pumped. We've had a great day. And now we are going to talk about the Holy Spirit. So uh, we love the Holy Spirit. We um, really titled this podcast Sword and Spirit because we wanted, uh, first and foremost, everything we talk about to have a foundation uh, concerning the Word of God because that is our bedrock. That's our guide. That's our word from the... From the Lord. So, and then secondly, sword and spirit, uh, we have come to know in our own lives and probably yours as well that we are depending upon the Holy Spirit, our surrendering to the Holy Spirit, our letting God do what He wants to do through the Holy Spirit is so crucial for our personal lives, for our ministries, and for our church churches. So, today we are continuing to talk about the Holy Spirit. And so, I have here, uh, RJ's in here producing this podcast, and Dustin Pierce, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up? I'm doing good, man. You ready to talk about the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. Okay. It's an overwhelming topic, though. (laughs) Absolutely. So, last time we talked about, you know, who the Holy Spirit is, and concerning the Godhead, and and really today, we want to get into, I I would say, the nitty-gritty of the Holy Spirit, the implications of the Holy Spirit. So... We believe that the Holy Spirit speaks, so Dustin, why don't you start us off? Uh, let's talk about really, um, first and foremost, let's intro the, the Holy Spirit a little bit. You know, uh, I don't know your experience, where you grew up, but where I grew up, oh man, when you think about the Holy Spirit, uh, today I love the Holy Spirit, but way back then I almost felt like we couldn't talk about the Holy Spirit. What about you, D.P.?
2: Yeah, absolutely. There's almost this idea among just all sorts of conservative believers, not just Baptists, that you can't talk about the Holy Spirit because then you might end up being like other branches of Christianity like charismaticism or mm-hmm. Pentecostalism. And you you don't want to veer too far because what happens if you go to the extreme? And so it's almost like you just you don't talk about it. You don't mention it.
1: It's almost like you put the Holy Spirit in the back seat with the silk seat belt on. That's right. Hide him in the back closet somewhere with your Christmas you,
2: you, decorations. You can't put God in a box.
1: That's right. Because the Holy Spirit is God, right?
2: Exactly. In fact, uh, we're talking about the implications today. Just a little intro here. Uh, throughout the Bible, the Holy Spirit is referred to as a precious gift. In Acts 2.33, it is a promised gift. Mm. In Luke 11.13, it is given by the Father to anyone who asks. John 3.34 given without measure John 14 26 and 1526 it's sent by the father in Jesus' name John 739 given after Jesus was glorified John 16:13 doesn't speak of its own authority but of Jesus's it flows like a well of living water in John 738 mm. in Acts 8 18 through 19 the Holy Spirit cannot be bought the fact of the matter is the Holy Spirit is precious and it's not something that we can own or put in a box. It is important and vital for our Christian
1: walk. Man, as you rattle off those references, I'm just reminded of, uh, you said the one about uh, the living water. God is so sufficient for us. He is our sufficiency. And, and, you know, when he, um, you know, Paul was whining whining to the Lord one day. I know none of us have never whined to God. But one day Paul's like, Lord, I got this thorn in my flesh. and, And what did God speak to him? He says, my grace is sufficient for you. And so when we think about God in that part of our lives, the way that that fleshes out, uh, practically, that is talking about us interacting with the Holy Spirit. So very cool. Those references, man, it just encourages us when we hear those. Yeah, absolutely. It's incredible to know that the Holy
2: Spirit is precious. It's important in our lives. But not only that, I mean, we know that not only is the Holy Spirit a precious gift— but it's worked supernaturally to empower God's servants. Mm. I just have a, a few examples here. I won't read them all because there are quite a few. But, uh, for example, the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom. We see he gave Daniel wisdom to interpret dreams. He had understanding and wisdom. And then we see that he gives us guidance. When you look in the book of Judges, you see Gideon, Jephthah, Samson, all these judges. They were given guidance by the Holy Spirit. There are all sorts of examples where the Holy Spirit in Ezekiel thirty six twenty seven aids us in obedience It guided Zerubbabel in Zechariah 4, 6 to rebuild the temple, led Jesus to be tempted, led him back to Galilee after his temptation. You can find all kinds of things in the Bible where the Holy Spirit is guiding people, giving them wisdom, not only that, but giving them boldness. He gave boldness to the disciples to share the gospel. He gave us all sorts of gifts and abilities. Uh, for example, think about Bezalel in Exodus, who had a specific gift of knowledge to build mm-hmm. the tabernacle. Joseph, who had a specific gift to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. Uh, the elders in Israel prophesied in Numbers chapter six, verse twenty-five. There are just all sorts of examples of prophecy and just innumerable examples of the Holy Spirit gifting God's people to do incredible things. And we're going to get a little bit deeper into that in our next episode, but. You just see how the Spirit is empowering God's people. And sometimes it's just outright supernatural. We can't even understand what's happening there. For example, the conception of Jesus happened by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus casts out demons by the Holy Spirit in Matthew uh, 12, 28. In fact, Obadiah, when he runs into Elijah after those... Uh, many years of fasting, he assumes that the Holy Spirit is even capable of just picking Elijah up and taking him somewhere else. And then we know that that's exactly what happens to Philip in the book of Acts, that the Holy Spirit just picks him up and takes him somewhere else. It's just incredible to know that the Holy Spirit
1: just empowers us in so
2: many ways. In some ways, we just can't even wrap our minds around it.
1: Man, when you think about God being supernatural, it really speaks to the sovereignty of God, absolutely. You know, when you think about um, how you mentioned those old Tef- old Old Testament examples, you know, like the brother that was raised up for the temple, a very specific task, and equipping God, you know, uh, oversaw that that guy's life uh, for a specific purpose. And throughout history, God's going to do what God is going to do, and and so we believe that that God is totally sovereign. Uh, you know we in uh especially in the Baptist Church, we don't always all agree on uh what that looks like concerning salvation uh but we it, it is kind of funny to me uh when people talk about how God is sovereign, God is sovereign, you know they're like six pointers on the scale and uh, they they uh which I'm not, but they they believe these things about God being sovereign, but then they live their lives like the Holy Spirit is not with us And that God is not interacting Every single day and at work And so I, th- I just think Man this right here Especially because our year that we've had This allows us to sleep well This allows us To be excited uh, When we're following the Lord This, this, this gives us peace uh, This This allows us to not have A boring life Absolutely. right I mean if you have the this guy you're talking about the Holy Spirit if yeah. if that guy's with us man look out right that's right let's go and you know on top of that you know we talk
2: about the Holy Spirit is empowering believers and he is you know giving us the ability to do so many great things giving us boldness but also sometimes God calls out specific people people with great potential people who are leaders people who have very special special, specific tasks. For example, uh, Bezalel, who we mentioned earlier, a very specific task to build the tabernacle. But also you look at Joshua, who the Spirit being on him showed his potential to be a leader. Or John the Baptist, who was so filled with the Holy Spirit that he leapt in his mother's womb. Or Daniel, who is said to have the Spirit of the living God inside of him working in him doing all kinds of incredible things. And the list goes on and on and on. I mean, the very first deacons were chosen because they were of good repute and they were filled with the Spirit and wisdom. So it just shows you that the Spirit involved in someone's life shows their potential for leadership. Uh, For example, Othniel, Samson, those are judges. you got Jesus. Jesus himself was filled with the Holy Spirit at his baptism. You see in the book of Acts that... The Holy Spirit helped the church uh, have their overseers. And so all throughout the book of Acts, you just see the Holy Spirit moving, doing incredible, wonderful things, setting aside leaders. And even all throughout the Bible, you just see the Holy Spirit showing, hey, this person has potential because I'm moving in their life. And so the Holy Spirit just sets us all aside for whatever specific purpose God has planned for us.
1: Yeah, I think the danger is uh when we do not heed to the holy the leadership of the holy spirit and you know you list off all these examples but how many other examples are in God's word where people try to push doors open apart from the spirit of God like King Saul, right? Yep. Uh like so many others even in the New Testament who tried to do some good things on their own and they're operating in the flesh and I think we Man, that's really a battle today in the church in America is because we have so many people who have become professionals, yep. right? They know yep. the church talk. They know the lingo. They, they act like they do. Uh, they are experts, especially people who have been doing church a while. Same thing with church government and people serving on ministry teams and people serving in different roles. Uh, people begin to depend upon their experience and their skill set and there's nothing wrong with that if it gives you confidence. But when you become to depend on yourself over the sufficient supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, then I believe you're forfeiting some some anointing. You're forfeiting some some help from Almighty God. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, God's not going to force himself on us. Oh, and, yeah. and he we're either going to quench the Spirit when he comes, or we're going to fan it into full flame. That's right, and we're going to so, talk
2: about that, yeah, we'll save that a little deeply in our little, next podcast about, I love talking about quenching that, so I gotta, or grieving the Spirit. i got to hold back there. But yeah, that's good stuff, absolutely. So he
1: sets aside people, he calls people out, we see it, him raising up leaders. Uh, what else about the implications? DP? Well, the Holy
2: Spirit is just integral in every part of the Christian walk. Uh, it's integral in the Spirit. Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and thanked the Father in Luke chapter 10, verse 21. In the book of Acts, you see every time the disciples pray and fast there is this great movement of the holy spirit in philippians 3 verse 3 it says under the new covenant we worship in in the spirit and we glorify christ so the spirit is integral in our worship it's integral in salvation in fact 1st uh, corinthians 6:11 says that the spirit works in justification alongside jesus so we're not just saved by jesus the spirit is working in that process as well uh, christ in fact couldn't have even offered himself apart from the Spirit, according to Hebrews 9.14. Uh, in Acts 10.44-45, through 45, when Peter shares the gospel with Gentiles for the first time, he includes the role of the Holy Spirit in his sharing, as if the Holy Spirit is not just integral in justification, but integral in the process of sharing the gospel. Uh, Jesus said to Nicodemus that he must be born of the Spirit, not just of water. Uh, John six sixty-three says that the Spirit gives life and that the flesh is of no help. And we could just go on and on and on and talk about all the different ways that the Spirit is involved in salvation. But the fact of the matter is the Spirit plays a key role in saving us, but also in sanctifying us. We see that in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, that the Holy Spirit is involved in the process of sanctification. So the Spirit is involved in worship, it's involved mm-hmm. in salvation. The Spirit is involved even in revelation. We talked about this a little bit in the last podcast, and especially when we talked about the Word of God, that the Holy Spirit's involved in prophecy. He spoke through the apostles. Uh, in Ephesians 6, the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. In Second Samuel 23, 2, David says that all of his words that he ever writ- wrote down in the Bible, like the Psalms, were spoken by the Spirit. Uh, the author of Hebrews states that, the Holy Spirit says, time that he refers back to the Old Testament or any passage of Scripture, instead of saying this passage says this, he says the Holy Spirit says. And the fact is the Holy Spirit speaks to us through his word. Sometimes the Holy Spirit in the Bible speaks supernaturally, but those are very rare occasions. The fact that the Spirit told Simeon that he wouldn't die until he saw the Christ, just mm-hmm. one example of that. And then sometimes just spiritual intuition. Uh, the Spirit interceding for us through our prayers. We right. see that in Romans chapter 8. Uh, guidance and in, in just all kinds of different ways. It's setting people apart from the ministry. You see that uh, in Acts 13, 2 and 4, that the Spirit calls people to certain things. And then, of course, the Spirit moves through wise counsel. You see that in the Jerusalem Council. The church gets together and they send their leaders and they pray. And the Spirit, they said, speak spoke to them to help them come up with the solution for what they should do whenever they were trying to decide what they should do about the gospel, going out to Gentiles. And then the Spirit also speaks sometimes whenever He closes doors. Think about Mm. uh, Paul working his way through uh, Macedonia, trying to find out where he should go next, and the Spirit just kept closing doors all along the way. So the Spirit is a conduit of revelation from God, speaks to us in all kinds of different ways, and that's something else we're going to talk about a little bit more in detail in our next podcast, but the fact is, The Spirit's working in our salvation, in our worship, in revelation, and also restoring us. That's all throughout the Bible, especially in prophetic literature, when it talks about the land of Israel being restored, when it talks about God's people being restored to Him, uh, whether that's an obedience or whether that's God no longer hiding His face from them, things being set right, metaphors about the land's fertility, fertility being restored, all those things... All have one key ingredient, and that is the Holy Spirit being poured out on God's people and then being restored in their relationship with God. In fact, that even continues into the New Testament. We see in Titus 3.5 that regeneration and renewal are key roles of the Holy Spirit. So in all those ways, the Holy Spirit is working in our lives and has incredible implications for our faith and for our walk with God that the Holy Spirit isn't just distant but He's working in us for just a few things we mentioned so far, worship, revelation, restoration. I mean, so many different things that God is doing in our lives through the Holy Spirit. It's, it's just overwhelming to know that we have uh, one of the persons of the Godhead working in us and just doing incredible things, and the implications are overwhelming.
1: So we hear He speaks. We hear He works uh... A challenge for our listeners and really for all of us is to, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? Right? Like, who is He putting on your heart to pray for, to uh, seek to have a gospel conversation, to serve? Uh, who is God? Uh, are you doing the things that He's leading you to do? Uh, are we in step with Him? Uh, an example, you said, Dustin, that Holy Spirit works. You know, Sunday nights we um, have started our outreach plan, and so this past week it was P three, uh, proclaimed the gospel. So we had a group that stayed here on campus and prayed up, and then we had I think six teams went um, door to door, house to house, and it was incredible. Um, Allison was telling me, you know, my wife. Uh, was was saying that she wished she could have talked to more people that night, and she talked to a few. But one of her favorite conversations was a young girl, like a college student, that just was super excited to see her and to meet her and to talk to her. And and then she, uh, the another lady was in the ha- house, and they just were super thrilled about our fall fest and and excited about coming out. And so. The next, let's see. It was two days later. Allison goes to Walmart to do the grocery pickup, and there is the college student bringing the groceries to the car. And Allison says, "Hey, um, I think I knocked on your door," and she, she was like, um, "Excuse me," and she didn't recognize Allison. And so then, no. Allison, and then it clicked, and she's like, "Oh, you're from the church. You're from First Baptist," and just then they had like a really exciting time talking to, about that and. And they're like, no way. You know how ladies do and pump it up and get all excited. And so, uh, you know, Allison was saying last night, you know, what are the odds of that? That out of all the places that she could work, out of all the times she's gone to Walmart pick up, she's never seen that young lady before. Uh, She's been working there a while. It just was, uh, it's all in the sequences of what's God doing in that young lady's life and insert a local church. Right, doing yeah. what the local church should do. So um, that's just one example. I, I think we all could give some examples in our own lives when God sp- has spoken to us very clearly, right? Like He knows how to get our attention. And He speaks to us, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I know for me, God speaks in a way uh, 99% of the time is through His Word, But there are those 1% times where there's something, a major life decision or something that God has set in motion that he knew about a million years ago, but he wants to accomplish in your life or use you to accomplish. And so I always say, you know, God's not going to let you miss something big that he's going to do in your life. Right? If you do, it's because of you, not him. So he's going to go out of his way. To speak to you Get your attention And so My question is simply Man what is that thing For us today What is God doing What is God saying uh, To us as individuals What's he saying To our churches What's he saying uh, to, to the entire Remnant of believers In our nation And um, I think if we look To God's word We see that God Has, has spoken But he still speaks He still speaks To his sheep And um, yeah This is exciting to Think about we do not have to be afraid of the Holy Spirit, right? Yep, that's right. Okay, well, we uh, that'll wrap up this episode as we talk about the implications. Next, I believe we're going to talk about more of how do we interact, which we definitely alluded to that towards the end, but uh, we'll get more into it. You know, how do we respond? How do we um, interact with the Holy Spirit? Have a great day. Be safe. We'll see you soon.
0: This concludes today's episode of Sword and Spirit. If you like this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date on all of our future content. Speaking of future content, our third and final episode in this series is titled The Intimacy of the Holy Spirit, and you'll definitely want to check that out when it drops. Also, be sure to check out our website, fbcbsl.org, for more news and information on everything going on in our church. That's all for today. Until next time, bye.